0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. Damn, pickle pork, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown, rockin ever since we've been knocking them down, knockin baby says you wanna go to the gang, taught her how to say Padre gang, started back rocking the brown, ever since we've been knocking them down, Mitchell and Ness with the old school name, all of the homies holla Padre gang, yeah they. And good day everybody, welcome to episode 175 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show, I am your host Ben Fadden. This episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries, located inside Petco Park in Point Loma and Mission Gorge as well. You can visit GaglioneBros.com to view their entire menu, their addresses, the phone numbers to contact them if you have any questions, all that. Great cheesesteaks, great garlic fries. I highly, highly recommend them. Go check them out. All right. We got a lot to discuss here. The Padres obviously just got swept. I'm coming live here on YouTube. Less than an hour after they got swept, the game flew by today. I guess that's the good news. If you're going to lose, right, then at least get it over quick. Um, Dakota Hudson, you, Darvish, pitch really, really fast. But at the end of the day, the Padres didn't win a game in this series, and that's the main issue here. Uh, we'll talk about Eric Hosmer's splits from March and April, the regular season there, to May. Uh, Cano's struggles a little bit. He flew out for the final out in today's game. He would have been the go-ahead run uh, at the plate. What else? Uh, There were some dummies on Twitter this morning. Uh, We'll talk about them. Maybe a new segment that I've added to the show. Um, But yeah, let's talk about this Padres Cardinals series, shall we? All right. We'll start with Monday's game, then Tuesday's game, then Wednesday's game. Uh, on Monday, the Padres lost 6-3. to three. I think this is the most runs the Cardinals scored in the series, uh, but it doesn't matter. It might have been actually, was it the most runs the Padres scored in this series as well? Might have been. Um, anyway. This game, how, how can I describe this game? I mean, it wasn't, as close, obviously, as Tuesday night's game, and it didn't come like down to the last play, kind of like potentially, as today's game ended up coming down to, you know. Um, in the top of the third, Profar had an RBI single, gave the Padres the lead. In the th- in the bottom of the third, Cronauer uh, threw on wide, Taha's at first base for an error, which gave the Cardinals an extra run when Nolan Gorman uh, capitalized on a hanging breaking ball by Nick Martinez, hit it into the stands. That was a home run, made it 2-1 Cardinals in the fifth. Tommy Edmond, RBI single up the middle, made it 3-1 Cardinals. Arenado grounded into a double play with the bases loaded to end the inning. He grounded into a few double plays in this series. That was fun to see. That was pretty much it, though. I mean, there were some good defensive plays. Uh, In the sixth inning, Nola had an RBI single that made it 3-2 Cardinals. Uh, but then after that, the story there was Paul Goldsmith continuing his hitting streak. His hitting streak is now at 23 games. It started the series at 20 games. Uh, he homered in game one. Had a, I think he had a couple hits yesterday, and then he had another hit today. I think it was his third at-bat, second at, have I think it might have been his third at-bat. Either second or third at-bat today. So his hitting streaks now at 23 games, uh, he homered a two-run homer, made it 5-2 Cardinals on a fastball up, Yachty doubled, made it 6-2 Cardinals, and that was pretty much it. I mean, Art Machado came through, RBI single the center, made it 6-3, but that was pretty much it. Uh, Steven Wilson sucked in this game, let's just be honest. Uh, he has not been the same guy that he was the majority of April uh, since he's come up, or since that Braves game, right? That... Saturday or Sunday. I think it was a Saturday. No, it might've been a Sunday. No, it was Saturday. The Saturday Braves Padres game where he just stunk the bed, gave up the home run to Ozuna. Ryan Christensen left him in the game too long. And that's that. Uh, He just has not been the same, was not good on Monday night. He ended up going on 32 pitches, by the way, only 32 pitches, two thirds of an inning. Well, when you look at it, 32 pitches and two thirds of an inning is really bad. But two thirds of an inning, Three earned runs he allowed, including that goalie homer. Three hits, that home run, walked two, did not strike out any. And when he was playing well, he was striking out guys. That that was the difference, right? He was striking out guys with that fastball. You know, the fastball, it's not getting by a lot of guys now. And I think it's still at like 97, if I remember correctly, watching that game Monday. But maybe the scouting reports, the video, it's just not getting past guys, simply. It's just not. And it seems like Stephen Wilson will be uh, going back down to the minor leagues when Clev gets activated on Sunday, and the Padres will probably try to minimize the amount of times that they have to use him before Sunday comes. Um, So, and they'll just use Wilson pretty much as that, blow out arms so they don't have to have Will Myers pitch or something like that. Uh, but that was pretty much the story. I mean, the Gorman and Arenado home runs, and then the Padres' offense, I mean, that was the story the whole series, really. Um, but they left nine on base on Monday night. They struck out 13 times. That was the first of two games, back-to-back games, by the way, in this Cardinal series that the Padres' offense struck out a combined 13 times. Every single starting hitter in the lineup struck out at least once other than Jose Azokar. That's just unacceptable. Dennis Lynn, breaking news here. He says Will Myers got a gel injection in his inflamed knee last night. He's hoping to be back in the lineup tomorrow. So that's why he was not in the lineup today. Um. All right, so that's just some breaking news. Wasn't in the lineup today. Talked about it on the pregame show earlier today, whatever. Getting back to Monday's game, I mean, Striking out 13 times, they struck out 13 again yesterday. That, that's 13 times where you didn't even put the ball in play and give yourself at least some sort of chance to get on base and go score. Not making contact, I get that that's just kind of what this league has become, right? Strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts, and the Padres have some strikeouts in their bats. Uh, Myers did not play in this game, but you have Myers, you have Voight, obviously. You have a few prone strikeout guys in this batting order, and that can be a problem. And that has been in this series. It can be uh, sometimes a good thing when they're hitting home runs, um, but it was the first thing. It was this, It was a bad thing, you know, in this series, and it sucks that you strike out 13 times in back-to-back games because. You know, the starting pitching in this game or in this series wasn't terrible. Like you, Darvish, right? Okay. I think he gave up four runs today. But the offense against Dakota Hudson today, they went 18 batters without reaching base in a row at one point. It's hard to win a lot of games. Their only rallies were in the first and the last inning. You got to have some sort of offense in between that. And that just. Wasn't the case really in this series. So Padres lose on Monday six to three. Um, I did want to quickly hit on the Manny Machado thing. Uh, he struck out, is it the seventh inning? It was before the Paul Goldsmith home run on Monday, and Zokar stole second. It looked like he stole second. He was actually sent back to first base because the umpire. Told Bob Mill or told I don't know if he told Bob Melvin this. I'm sure he probably did. But Skip Schumacher said on Ben and Woods last, uh, not last night, the morning, last morning, if that's what people say, yesterday on the Ben and Woods morning show on 97 through the Fan, he said that the umpires, the Cardinals coaching staff, that Machado swung and missed. He did not tip it. Swung and missed. Came around, hit Yachty, and so it's interference on Machado. So not only is Machado out, but Azokar is sent from second to first. I don't know how much of a big effect that ended up playing because the Padres still ended up losing by three runs. It's not like they lost by one run. And, oh, if Azokar was in scoring position, that could have been huge. Uh, They lost by three still. But there was some complaining a little bit on what that call was even uh, why that call was made and how stupid that call was. So just to clarify that, that's what happened with that whole Manny, uh, Zokar, Yachty thing. Hopefully you guys can hear my mic because I just got something in my headphones saying that the audio got disconnected, but hopefully it's still going. I don't see that my mic's muted. Um, but yeah, so Monday night, Padres lose. They're 30-18. and Steven Wilson sucked, and he's probably going to get sent down when uh, Clev gets called up on Sunday to start that series finale against Milwaukee. That's just the way it is. And then in the second game of the series, the Padres struck out 13 times again. And that's another 13 outs. Okay, the audio's good. Thank you. Uh, it's another 13 outs, 13 times that the uh, Padres did not even give themselves a chance to reach base and then therefore go score. They lose Tuesday 3-2. to it was a much more compelling game, I feel like, than uh, Monday and kind of today. Um, Padres dropped to thirty and nineteen after losing yesterday. Obviously, you know the end of that game was huge. Uh, not having Manny because he was ejected was huge. Ended up being huge because Kim dropped that uh, that throw trying to get. Uh, the runner going to third and in the in, on the stolen base before Pruels had the game-winning sack fly, the walk-off sack fly to left, which Profar's throw, I mean, wasn't that bad. He had to spin and then throw. I don't think it was that bad. Um, but the umpire in this situation, obviously, should not have thrown out Manny Machado. He just shouldn't have. We'll go through the entire game, but obviously starting with that Machado ejection was, I mean, that's the only place that I can start here. Uh, the home plate umpire, Chris Siegel, threw out Manny in, uh what was that, 7th inning? I want to say it was the 7th, 6th, in the 6th inning, uh, middle of the 6th. Manny Machado struck out looking to, so it was in the middle of the 6th, Manny was frustrated, throwing his batting gloves, looked back, said it was a ball, and that's pretty much all he said. On this YouTube channel, Talking Friars, just look it up on YouTube if you're the podcast uh, audience. I have the breakdown of the lip reading of the Manny Machado-Bob Melvin ejection. Both of them got ejected. It wasn't just Manny. And Bob Melvin was mad, too. And Manny, pretty much all he said, yeah, were there some F-words in there? Of course. He was pissed off. But literally, the... Prime or the premise of Manny's message to Chris Siegel, the home plate umpire, after he got rung, was just Manny telling him it was a ball, just telling the umpire it was a ball. Now, Manny in this situation, he was wrong. It was a strike. But it's not like Chris Siegel was calling a perfect game and Manny gets pissed off, right? Then you know, Manny probably shouldn't have been that mad, right? But Manny probably looked back at the video, saw it was a strike, and he probably I don't know if he apologized, but he's not going to continue airing that you know, emotion into today's game, right? He, he didn't do that. So he gets ejected, and but he had a reason to get ejected, because Chris Siegel sucked. The umpiring scorecard thing that Comes out the morning after every game, literally said um, it was point or plus point ninety three runs in favor of the Cardinal. And the Padres ended up losing this game by a run. Alfaro, there's one in the 10th inning, a pitch fastball outside, not over the plate, easily a ball, and the umpire rings Alfaro up. Someone that can hit a home run. Uh in late earlier in that sixth inning when Manny got ejected. Profar. Two pitches in the same at-bat. Ball outside called a strike. Ball up called a strike. And then Blake Snell earlier in the game, he threw a slider right down the middle of the dang plate. It's called a ball. Alfaro's glove didn't help him out, but you're not calling where the glove is. You're calling where the pitch is over the plate. It was right down the middle. Like Manny saw that he saw the profile pitches and in on the tv in the clubhouse he saw the alfaro bad pitch and so he was mad he had a reason to be mad Mel had a reason to be mad so I, I can't be mad at manny for being ejected i can't be mad at chris siegel you can't eject the guy just for saying it's a bull and just for saying the effort. you know he's the best player on the padres he is the MVP of the National League right now. People don't come to see you, Chris Siegel. They don't come to see the umpires. They come to see Manny Machado. They come, even though I don't like this guy, they come to see Nolan Arenado. They come to see Yadi Molina. They come to see Tatis when he's healthy. They come to watch the players. They don't come to watch the umpires screw up calls. So, yeah, uh, I was mad during this Game last night, and I still am mad because you can hear me kind of raising my voice. Like, just bring on the robot umpires, please. Like, every time I do this, I do a lip reading and post it on YouTube of a Padre getting ejected because of a bad call or getting ejected or even not even getting ejected. I did a breakdown earlier this year in the Dodger series where the home plate umpire, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the home plate umpire was baiting Manny into getting thrown out. As Manny was walking back to the home plate, uh, excuse me, back to the Padre's dugout in this in the series, I think it was the middle of this of the series, walking back after a strikeout, and the home plate umpire continues to talk to Manny as Manny's back is turned to him, it's like they're trying to get Manny thrown out. They're trying to get players thrown out. So they can say, "Hey, um show, it's about me. Look at me, look at me." And it's just irritating. It is really irritating. And I'm just tired of it. Bring on the robotic umps so that there can be a robot in these home plate umpires' ears that says, strike. And then the umpire calls a strike. You know, it's just it's just gotten to a bad point. And you can look at the, sco- the ump scorecards and some devil's advocate here might say, hey, they're calling, you know, It was a 93% like good rate or whatever you want to call it of Chris Siegel the other night. And the league average is 94. So it's not that bad, Ben. Well, it's not like it's a hitter that we're judging where you're trying to hit a fastball or the next pitch, hit a slider, hit a Blake Snell slider, you know? This is just umpiring. You're looking at the pitch. Is it a ball or a strike? It should not be, there should not be a human element. My mom, She was talking about the other day, I think we were at the game, or going, yeah, I think we were at the game, and she was mad about the robotic umpires coming. And she's like, but where's the human element? And I'm like, there should not be a human element to umpire. It's umpiring. It's either it's a ball or it's a strike. There shouldn't be a gray area. We should know what the strike zone is, the TV square on the screen, should be the exact same square or rectangle that the umpires are being graded on because I've heard that that's not the same. But all I can judge is the rectangle on the screen. That's all we can judge because we don't know the actual concrete strike zone that the umpires are graded on. So there's a lack of consistency with that. The robotic umpires need to come and they need to get that technology ready and fixed, so it's 100 percent consistent, because there should be no human element. There should be no gray area to umpiring. You know, This isn't a performance about umpires. It's about, is something a ball, Is something a strike? Is the runner safe? Is the runner out? Why do you think they brought replay in? Because is, run- is the runner safe, or is the runner out? is the ball fair or is it foul there should be no gray area to it and it's just it sucks especially when the losing end right where the Padres lose by one run you get your best player kicked out in the 6th inning and it goes to extras and Hassan Kim at third base a position that he's not totally familiar with he plays second and short mostly he has to make a big play and he doesn't make the play you know it comes off his glove and then Pujols walks it off So it's just a lot of unraveling events, chain-length events that happened after Manny got rung. And it sucked. Blake Snell, though, he pitched well in this game. Six innings, gave up two runs, only gave up two hits. Walked three, though, uh, but he went 98 pitches, struck out six. Give me that every time, Blake, and I'll be happy. So I, I just, I guess I wanted to spend more time on Blake, but there isn't really a whole lot of time to really spend on that when to be honest we all know it the main issue the main storyline in this game was Manny Machado getting thrown out because it changed the game it changed the rest of the game and so I can go through here I'll go through what happened in the game but that was my big reaction you know to this 3-2 loss by the Padres that took them to a 30-19 and record and now they're at 30-20 and after today's loss. So Tuesday's game, Myers returned to the lineup. Haas was not in it. In the bottom of the first, Snell struck out two to get out of a runners and scoring position jam. In the third, Snell gave up an RBI double to Paul Goldsmith. That extended his hit streak to 22 games. That made it 1-0 Cardinals. A Snell wild pitch got goalie to third, who ended up scoring on a a sack fly to right, made it 2-0 Cardinals. Those were the only earned runs that Snell ended up giving up. In the sixth, Manny struck out and was thrown out, Gus that. Uh, in the seventh, Grisham, Melvin was thrown out as well. Uh, again, that breakdown is available on the YouTube channel, Talking Friars. Just look it up. You'll be able to find the breakdown. Um, top of the seventh, Grisham hit a two-run home run to right center field that tied the game. Big out of Grisham. It seems like he's having better at-bats. Uh, when, before he walked today to load the bases, he made um, – he made a couple of good swings on the ball, uh, on the pitcher. He lined a couple. They were foul, but he lined a couple. Seems like he's having better at-bats since that walk-off, obviously, uh, on that went? Uh, Sunday against uh, Pittsburgh. The game I went to but didn't wasn't able to see the walk-off. Um, 14 Padres in a row in this game on Tuesday were retired at one point. 18 were retired at one point today. Another... St- 13 Padres struck out on Tuesday. In the bottom of the eighth, Luis Garcia got out of a first and second uh, jam. Runners on first and second. Uh, In the bottom of the ninth, Robert Suarez allowed a double and a walk to get first and second with two outs, but then got Edmund to fly out to left. Got Got out of that jam. In the top of the tenth, the runner on second, umpire Chris Siegel, rung up Alfaro. I talked about that. Pitch was outside for the second out of the inning azokar then ends up getting thrown out uh on a by a mile by the way he t- was totally thrown out on a pro single to the left and should matt williams have sent him yes i think if you disagree let me know in the chat but yes i, I think matt williams should have sent him there's two outs i forget who was up next was it alcantara up next because profar was the leadoff guy yesterday and Manny was hitting second, I think. And Alcantara replaced Manny in the lineup, I believe. So yeah, if Alcantara is up next, you gotta run. You know. Run Azokar. Make sure that, you know, force, force Newt Bar, whatever the heck his name is, force him to make a good throw. And he made the good throw. So he uh he deserves to, you know, have the game-ending play there. Props to him. I was kind of out of lost words there, um, just because the uh, the umpiring in this game just continue, it just baffled me, really baffled me, and it really felt when Manny was ejected, you felt like that was going to be big, and it ended up being big in the bottom of the tenth with the runner on second, Chris Siegel rung up or uh, excuse me, bottom of the 10th. Kim drew the throw on the stolen base attempt from Alfaro, which ended up being the walk off run when Pujols hit the sack fly. There are some people that are mad. Why did the Padres pitch to Pujols? I understand that. I, I do get it, but I think they were playing for the double play. They thought that if they could get Pujols a grounder, they could get the double play because Pujols is slow as heck and they would get out of the inning. Obviously that didn't happen. I'm not too mad about that. I'm, I'm just more bad about the stupid, bad home plate umpiring in that game and Manny getting thrown out when he shouldn't have. You know, and Alfaro getting rung up, getting the bat taken out of his hands in the 10th. I'm mad more about that. You know, Snell pitched well, Grisham with the home run. It was a pretty good game overall in terms of being competitive in the game. Striking out 13 times, though, it's still inexcusable. I know Adam Wainwright was on the mound. And he has the curveball, and he pitched well. He went, I think, seven innings. But you just got to play better than that. You have to produce better than that. It's, it's easy for me to say here in my garage uh, as a 19-year-old who never reached the big leagues. But Adam Wainwright, I, I understand that he has a great breaking ball and all that, and I'll never face him in a batter's box. But striking out 13 times, I don't have to be in the big leagues to say that that's bad. Back-to-back nights with 13 strikeouts? That can't happen if you want to win a World Series this season. Because you're going to face good pitching in the postseason. Who's going to score more runs? thats I know they don't have Tatis, but it's not like Tatis like, didn't ever strike out or doesn't ever strike out, right? So it's just bad. It is bad. Robinson Cano, uh, he's... Hitless in his now last 20 at-bats. I wrote this down yesterday after the game. He's now hitless. He was hitless going into today's game in his last 19 at-bats. He went 0 for 4 yesterday. So that experiment, uh, Ben and Woods were talking about on the radio this morning, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's time to move on here. Probably DFAM. uh, You know, you can give Brent Rooker a chance or bring up No More Mazzara. I understand that. Um... You could literally just replace Mazzara with Cano on the 40-man roster, and there you go. I wouldn't really be opposed to that because Cano's not really giving anything to the Padres. Uh, Cronoworth can play second. Profar can play second. They can put Mazzara in left field if they need to. Um, Alcantara, I think, can play second. Kim can play second if they want Alcantara to play short sometimes. They can maneuver it. Uh, Cano, yeah, he helped the team win a couple of games, but... What else is he doing right now? You know, Normar Mazzara is doing really, really well in AAA. And I understand that the experiment with Trace Thompson did not work out after he hit nine homers in AAA this year. They bring him up as one hit in the first start that he had, and then didn't get a hit the rest of his time with the Padres at the big league level. Then he opts to get released. I know that experiment didn't work out well, but bringing up Mazzara, You don't know if it's not going to work until you try, right? You got to try it, and Cano isn't working. How many leaders do you need in the clubhouse, right? Like, I know that a big thing, oh, Cano, he's great with Tatis and all that. Well, Manny's great with Tatis as well. There are other guys that are great with Tatis. Haas is great with Tatis, right? There's other guys. How many leaders do you need in there, right? You already have a couple that are helping the team right now. Why do you need another to sit on the bench and not do a whole lot? And Lakeum, I see that in the comments there. CJ again, he or, he or she asks, no. CJ needs more at-bats in the minor leagues. He needs more, I think, plant time in the outfield, if I'm being honest. I don't think he should come up and play the infield. I think he should come up and stay up because he knows that he, the Padres know that he can hit major league pitching. Like, I want him to be confident when he comes up. And say, you know what? I'm going to stay here. That's what I want. And then with CJ playing the outfield, I, I think that's where he needs to be. Kronor's going to be at second base. Or, uh, and then when Tatis comes back, he's going to be at shortstop. So you need a spot for CJ, right? You envision him in being a starting guy, a leadoff guy maybe. Um, in the future, the outfield is the place for him. He needs to get more comfortable there. And until he is comfortable there, and until he's not just comfortable in the outfield, but he's comfortable with plate, he's having consistent success in Triple A. That's when you can bring him up, and hopefully bring him up permanently. But I'd go with Mazzara before CJ personally, because he does have that big league experiment. Uh, experiment. He has the big league experience, and at the same time, he's not you know your number one prospect that you're trying to not screw up the development of. Um, you're not worried about Mazzara uh, lacking confidence or anything like that. You're just bringing him up as a bench piece and see how he does. You know, it's not important for him to develop in the minor leagues, where it is for CJ, in my opinion. So that's the Cano thing. I did want to get to Hosmer's month splits before we get to the series finale game that happened today, because June has started today. May, the month of May, ended yesterday, and so I was talking it. Uh, talking about it a lot uh on the podcast on the YouTube show on this show. Um in the month of April when Hosmer was playing really, really well. He was dominating. He uh was probably the fir- the best first baseman in baseball or National League wise, at least offensively in April. Uh, you know, he hit three eighty nine in April. And it seemed like it still does right now that the Dom Smith deal that it was that it didn't, you know, go down feels really, really good. Um, and with Hosmer, I just kept reminding you guys, hey, this is just who he is. He has a good April, and let's just, just be patient. Let's see what he does in May. He did not have a good May last year. I don't think he's had a good May, with uh, except like, um, well, no, they didn't play in May in 2020, but I don't think he's had a good May at all in, as a Padre. So just wait. Yeah, I'm excited that he's off to a good start in April, but just wait. Let's see what he does in May. And in May, the numbers are not the same. Now, it was pointed out to me on Twitter by someone, I do realize that Hosmer's numbers in May that I'm going to talk about here, they're still better than a lot of Padres, and I realize that. So I don't want to say that, oh, Hosmer is just taking this team down with him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Maybe I was right a little bit here with the April to May thing and Hosmer is coming back to earth here. He's not going to be in the MVP running, I don't think, at the end of the year like Manny hopefully is, you know? Uh, All right. Hosmer's 2022, March and April. So the end of March in the regular season and then in April. 20 games in total. He hit three eighty-nine. He had a 1,054 OPS. He drove in 14 runs and he hit three home runs. In comparison, in the month of May, played six more games, played 26 games, hit 255, a 634 OPS, drove in 10 runs, and he hit just one home run the whole month of May. So to compare those stats, his average in May was down 134 points compared to his average in March and April combined. His OPS was down uh, 420 points. His RBI was down four RBI, and his home runs were down two. So everything was down in those numbers. And again, I don't want to bash Hosmer, but he's coming back down to earth. Um, And what he did in April, that's not really who he is in terms of consistently hitting like 389 and hitting even in the 300s the entire year. I don't see him hitting in the 300s when we're down there in September. You know? Um, so I just wanted to point those out his o p s is down a lot one home run in the month of May for a guy that you're paying is it twenty million a year something like that uh that's that's not good I don't need you, know, you don't need me to tell you that what's up Irie? just got here what's up? how's it going uh you say I know you say it's too early to move guys, but we need one more guy on top of Fernando. Ben is AJ Preller for a day. What would you add? Oh man, that's a dream of mine. Uh, AJ Preller for one day. What would I add? I mean, I would add outfield. I don't know if I would add outfield because that that would probably be the trade route right now. And I don't want to give up on Campisano. I think that Campisano should probably be up here right now. That's another story. Um, but yeah, I think the bullpen you're gonna have you're gonna see reinforcements. The rotation's good. I would add outfield, and I would add it in terms of bringing Mazzara up and DFAing Cano or releasing Cano. You're paying in the minimum. Clubhouse leader, there's already leaders in the Padres clubhouse. We already know the clubhouse is better than it was last year. We know that Bob Melvin is a much better manager and his coaching staff's much better than it was with Jace Tingler last year. You don't need a great leader who is over for the, his last 20 on the team. You know, bring up Mazzara, try it. If it doesn't work, okay, then it doesn't work. Cano's not really working right now. You know, he, he helped you win a couple games, and my expectations were not really any expectations going into this Robinson Cano experiment. I thought, hey, Cano, you know, if he does something, he is on a revenge tour, you know, the first week that he comes back, great. Helps us win a couple games, but I can't expect anything from him. You know, the Mets are paying him $30-plus million over the next two seasons to not play for them. You can't expect a 39-year-old with those circumstances to come in and, you know, be Jose Altuve or be Ozzy Albies or Jazz Chisholm. You just can't. Um, so, personally, I'd swap Mazzara, or I'd swap Cano with Mazzara. It's pretty much what I would do right now if I was Priller for a day. Can't do a whole lot, and I think trading this early can be a little dangerous. That's what I would do right now. All right, let's move on to this series finale, which happened today, Wednesday, June first. We've hit the month of June. The season has kind of flown by already. We're already way more than a quarter of the way through. Padres lost five to two to the Cardinals. They're now thirty and twenty. So we're first fifty games. I said 50, 50 games in to the season. This game went by fast. I mean, Dakota Hudson, you Darvish, they were flying this game by. A lot of ground outs, not a ton of strikeouts. The first three innings were played in under an hour. Darvish was at 59 pitches through five innings. Uh, But the offense just couldn't get a whole lot going. They got something going in the first inning, and they got something going in the last inning. That was pretty much it. Cronenworth made some good plays. Kim made a good play. Uh, in shallow in the shallow uh, shallow center field. Other than that, I mean, yeah, Darvish pitched fine, and then or he pitched pretty good actually until whenever he faced Goldschmidt and Arenado. Really, that's pretty much it. But he pitched good. Top of the first, uh, Profar did bring in that run in the first inning, or excuse me, Profar scored on Manny Machado's RBI single to uh, right field. That made it one nothing Padres. Padres would not hold the lead, though, as in the sixth, after it was one to one, Arenado hit a two run home run. Darvish got his first strikeout of the day later in that six to end the sixth inning. So that's why this game was going by fast. It was not a lot of strikeouts, it was groundouts, just fast, fast play. Um, and right now, it's two o'clock as I'm talking about the final game. I've Already been talking for like 36 minutes. So, this game ended. The game started at, what, 10-15? So, yeah, fast game. Um, San Diego, like I mentioned, they had 18 straight batters retired between Voight getting on in the first inning and then Cronenworth singling in the seventh inning. Dakota Hudson is not Jacob deGrom. Newsflash, you know. The offense, you just need to do something. Did they strike out? times today, like they did the first two games? No, they did not. I guess that's good news if you want to say that. But they still did strike out today, and it was a lot of ground ball outs. They weren't getting a lot of pitches, uh, a lot of balls into the year, if that makes sense. Uh, In the top of the seventh, Grisham struck out looking with two outs with runners on first and third. Okay, one guy in scoring position Um, in the eighth inning there. Bottom eight, Darvish was still pitching after the after the seventh. I saw I was lip reading a little bit in the seventh. Saw Darvish. I think he was talking to Melvin as he was walking off, asking for another inning. He'd get the chance to finish the inning, but he'd only go seven and two thirds innings instead of eight because in the eighth he had the chance to face Arenado, and he did not come through. Uh, Arenado came through. Gave up his third hit of the day to Arenado. Uh, That made it 4-1 Cardinals. Chris Matt came in after Arenado. I don't know if I really agree with Chris Matt pitching there, uh, but Chris Matt came in. First batter, RBI double down the left field line, made it 5-1 Cardinals, and that was pretty much it. I mean, Voight homered in the ninth. Great. Barely hit it out, but cool. It is fourth home run of the year, but it was 5-2. Bases loaded after Grisham worked a walk. Again, I mentioned a little bit earlier about the liners that he was hitting foul in that last at-bat. I forget he was pitching that ninth inning for the Cardinals. It was not Hensley or uh, Gallegos. Gallegos? Yeah. Guy Slogos or whatever Annie Halbrin said uh, last night because of how slow that guy works. Holy cow. It's like Pedro Baez with the Dodgers. You're not at a golf course dude let's go move it anyway um in that eighth inning okay so I already going through the eighth inning Voight with the home run Grisham tying run at the plate walked there was two outs bases loaded Robinson Cano came up and I was like okay do you want Cano here I know it was right on left but Cano 0 for 19 in his last 20 Alfaro was on the bench who who else Myers was on the bench, but he got that injection, I think, after last night's game or to, uh, before today. I forget what I said earlier, but Dennis Lynn tweeted that out. Anyway, so he probably wasn't available today. So you take Myers out. Alfaro is really the only other option. You're not having Alcantara hit. So I'm like, oh, okay, the Cano bat bat, uh, that's fine. That's fine with Cano hitting. We'll see. We'll see if he can come through. He can have occasional power, and that's what happened. I thought it was just going to be a fly out to the outfield, just a normal fly out for the final out. Potters get swept, and the world sucks, you know, right now, right? And the ball kept carrying. It went to the warning track. I I never thought it was gone. I said it in my post game reaction, I didn't think that it was gone, but I was surprised that it went to the warning track. I'll say that. And I guess that's a better look. The last out was a ball to the warning track instead of a pop out to shortstop or a strikeout or a ground out to second, like Cano's been doing a ton recently. But it doesn't matter. You go. You can't go 18 straight at bats without reaching base. It's not like they were they were facing Jack Flaherty, you know. And in this series, to put it in perspective, the Padres nearly had double the amount of strikeouts offensively than that the Cardinals had. That's unacceptable. Padres had 29 strikeouts in this series combined, 13 game one, 13 game two, and then what's 23 today, 26 plus three, Cardinals had 15 strikeouts in the entire series. So they were putting the ball in play and it paid off. They had a ton of sack flies in this series. I forget how many, but I think, yeah, they had another one today, I believe, right? Um. Yeah, Juan Yepes had a sack fly to right. They had sack flies in every game in the series, I believe. So the offense just put the ball in play more. Luke Ford, I think he had a single yesterday where he didn't have a huge hack at it, and he just hit it to right field. Do that, you know? Change the approach if you have to. Padres didn't seem like they really did that this series. Yeah, they came up, they they fought in the ninth inning. Almost was about to say the B-word, the um, Jace Tingler B-word, but I didn't. Um, But, I mean, it's got to be better. I don't know what else to say. Just don't strike out as much, you know? And bring Mazzara up and... Let go of Cano. That's what I would do right now. I've said it multiple times. That's what I would do. All right, getting to some comments here. I'll get to some dumb tweets, by the way, that happened this morning. My goodness, some people are just uh, dummies. I'll just put it that way. Uh, Let's see here. Brisk JC says, could this be the annual fall of this team? I think he means the offense. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say they're collapsing when they're still 10 games over 500 because I don't think they are. I think it was a bad series, but we're still allowed to be pissed off as fans when you get swept by a uh, playoff team, right? A team that's probably going to be in the playoffs that didn't have Jack Flaherty pitching. Um, and you almost lose, lost that series to the Pirates over the weekend, right? If it wasn't for Grisham with that walk-off. And was did they lose the Milwaukee series? I forget. But if they did, you almost got swept because Cronenworth, if he didn't make that good play, they would have. You know. So it's, I guess I'm viewing this stuff as glass half empty, but I also want to say glass half full here. There's still ten games over 500. So without Tatis, so I'm still happy about that but I can still be mad about a bad Cardinals series here. Um, Let's see. Sochi says, I don't understand why Grisham and Azokar started the same game and Nola starting. Zero power and a bunch of borderline Mendoza line hitters in the lineup. Well, what I'd say to that is Nola usually has been catching Darvish, and it's a day game after a night game, so they usually change catchers there. So that's what I'll say about Nola. He's a contact guy. Not mad about that. It's a catcher. With Grisham and Azokar, that's their options. That's the only guys that they could go with. Myers wasn't playing today because he had an, an injection after the knee issue, after playing on Tuesday, right, after yesterday. So you had Grisham, you had Profar, you had Zokar. Those were your three outfield options today. That's it. So that explains it right there. Not a whole lot to go into after that, to be honest. Jerry says, Padres got off on wrong foot going from a day game Sunday to an out-of-town day game on Monday. I know no excuse. You're right, it's not an excuse. I do understand that, and that should be tough, but um, I'm sure they've had to do that before. And look, fans, I don't look i don't care to be honest they're making millions of dollars and i know this might sound stupid to professional players and you're like you're not in our shoes if you were in our shoes you'd realize it well i'm not in your shoes but i'm just saying as a fan you just got swept by a potential playoff team i'm i i'm mad i think this team needs to be playing better and i don't care i don't want to hear those excuses when you're flying first class to St. Louis to go play baseball for a living, making millions dollars, you know? All right. Um, Jerry also says, basically everyone in the league has a bunch of 200 and sub 200 hitters in their everyday lineup. It's historically bad. Commentators have been blaming the short spring training. I don't know if it's that. I think with the colder weather, because I think you have to look at uh, teams out east, right, with those batting averages as well. Um, some teams are rebuilding. So you got to look into all of that as of you know the 200 averages and all that stuff. And pitching is usually ahead of hitting at the beginning of the year. We'll see in the summer if that changes a little bit. All right, let's get to the tweeting dummies. Maybe it's a new segment on the show, or maybe it's just a one-off. Who knows? But I wanted to talk about it. So June is um, Pride Month. And the Padres, a lot of other teams as well, they tweeted out Major League Baseball's Twitter account did it, Instagram, they did it, tweeted out uh, a picture celebrating Pride Month, right? Month of June. And I look at the comments, and it's not about, like, hooray, Padres, good. Uh, There were likes. I'm not saying that everyone was, you know, crapping on the Padres' post. But there was a couple tweeting dummies um, that decided to input their opinion when they could have just held it to themselves. Uh, It's not Padres related, but I just thought it was stupid. You know, it was in the Padres replies. And funny enough, the Padres went and dragged these peoples. um, Peoples, not peoples, people. The Padres got on these people. And I did too a little bit if you want to go look at my timeline. Um, So I'm going to put out their usernames on Twitter as well because I don't really care. At Mike... Con C O N six one four zero five four seven six. Those guys. That's definitely a burner account. My goodness. Uh, he replied to the Padres post, quote, really question mark and and the Padres replied back saying, yes, Mike, really. If that is a problem for you, the unfollow button is two clicks away. They summed it up pretty well for me. Um, another guy at. Mr. M-R, no period, San Diego Will, M-R-S-A-N-D-I-E-G-O-W-I-L-L, says, quote, this is disgusting, end quote. The Padres replied back, number one, no. Number two, you don't even follow us. And that guy that I'm talking about right here, Mr. San Diego Will, I think his profile picture is a Packers jersey, so that's not San Diego. And then... He had one follower, so I think a lot of people have come off of that guy's bandwagon or thoughts, or if he ever had any people that liked his thoughts, but just people some of these people man, in these in the replies, it's just really, you can't keep your thoughts to yourself. come on and there was there was someone it's like a whole month to celebrate this. It's like, yeah, a whole month to celebrate people. Making right choice their own choices and making choices for them to be happy. You know? We can't celebrate people for being happy for a month. Why can't we celebrate that all the time? Why does it matter who you like? You know? It doesn't. So just keep those thoughts to yourself next time at Mike Con 61405476 and at Mr. San Diego Will. Uh, because no one wants to see those thoughts. No one really agrees with you in those thoughts. So that's all I wanted to say. Maybe that's a new segment. Uh, if you have any other dummy tweets, feel free to send them at TalkingFriars, TalkingFriars at gmail.com or on Instagram, whatever. Maybe we'll make that a segment. Maybe we won't. But just want to end the episode uh, kind of with that. We got Milwaukee for four games coming up. Manaya's on the mound tomorrow. This is a game that I hope the a series, I hope the Padres can win uh, at the very least. After getting swept, you want to face another winning team in the Mets when you come home after this road trip. And you don't want to not be, you know, 10 games over 500, right? You don't want to see that in the way because then you might see the division being three games back, what they were during this series, to five. Six, seven, as these next couple weeks happen. Um, all right. Again, this episode brought to you by Gaglione Bros. Famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Visit gaglionbros.com to view their menu. Uh, they got locations, Mission Gorge, Point Loma, and inside Petco Park, all season long, all year long for the Mission Gorge and Point Loma locations. Garlic fries, great cheesesteaks. I like it with the whiz. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. Episode 175 of the Talking Fries podcast and YouTube show. I am Ben Fadden, your host. Padres just got swept by the Cardinals. Hopefully, they have a better series against Milwaukee. Again, that breakdown, the lip-reading breakdown, is available on the Talking Friars YouTube page uh, of Manny and Bob Melvin getting ejected. You can follow the social medias, at Talking Friars, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And I hope you subscribe to this YouTube channel for daily Padres content. Daily Padres content. Uh, Trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. I really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. A lot of people want to get those super chats going, uh, and I will use that towards helping the show. Um, All right, that'll do it. Have a good one, everyone. Enjoy your night. See ya.